Have you ever wondered why it is that Rosh Chodesh does not always coincide with a Moilad, with a new moon? Because surely the whole point, as in this week's Pasha, is a Chodesh Azeh, right? That um, months are calculated according to the moon. So how could it be that it's Rosh Chodesh, but it's not a new moon? In order to understand that, we're going to explore the whole nature and complexity of the concept of the Jewish calendar, which is not purely just an astronomical calculation, but it's actually the harmonizing of the spiritual and the physical realities, as we'll see from the doyen of the laws of Kiddush HaChodesh, the Rambam himself. In Onfang Hilchis Kiddush HaChodesh, the beginning of the Halachas of Kiddush HaChodesh, Zog the Rambam, the Rambam gives us the following overview of how it all works. He tells us that Chodshe HaShona Eim Chodshe HaLevona, that on our calendar the months are lunar months, and he bases it on two psukim, Shenemar, because it tells us that you have to bring the Rosh Chodesh sacrifice once a month, Venemar, and of course in our parasha, HaChodesh HaZelochem Rosh Chodoshim. That that month where Hashem shows Moshe Rabbeinu the new moon, he says, that's how you'll know, Kazera Eivich Kadesh, that's what you've got to see and sanctify. That is the beginning of the series of months. So it's clear that our months are lunar. Then says the Rambam, the years that we calculate, are solar years. How do we know that? Key piece of information for our conversation over here, because the Pasuk says, when it comes to Pesach, you have to ensure that Pesach is in the season of spring. So let's understand what that means. The appears different. If you're going to talk around numbers, a lunar month is about 29 and a half days. That's the approximate cycle of one uh, one circumference of the moon, one orbit of the moon. Whereas the solar year, a solar year is 365 and give or take a quarter of a day. And that is, again, the orbit of the sun and moon, uh, the sun and earth relative to each other. Now here's where it starts to get a little bit sticky because the Rambam tells us that there are two halachas that we have to consider. Number one, Aleph. The Rambam tells us that when it comes to calculating months, months are lunar based on the orbit of the moon. That's clear, we know that. In other words, we do not calculate one month as one-twelfth of a solar year. Unlike the rest of the world, which basically takes a solar year and splits it up into 12 equal pieces. We don't do that. Our months are measured on a distinct, on a separate system that follows the movement of the moon. So that's the first thing we have to know. How do you know when a month is? You follow the lunar cycle. Then the Rambam tells us something else, which is, despite the fact that we follow a lunar cycle, we're not like the Muslims who follow only a lunar cycle. Rather, because there's a separate requirement in the Torah, the Pesach has to coincide with spring. And the seasons are determined according to the sun's movement and passage. Now, now you're going to have a disparity, right? Because how will you get to Pesach based on lunar months? 
But Pesach has to match the correct season of spring, which is based on the solar year, which is approximately 11 days longer than the lunar year. The lunar year is going to lag behind. So in order to bring it back up to speed, we also calculate the year as a solar year. On their fire, now that you've got a solar year, and lunar months that are supposed to comprise that solar year, you're going to have no choice but to make a leap year. On the far is year that Svedayor Machbez Naibayor Kadeshia Pesach Vizmana Oviv. Every two, three years, we have a leap year to bring Pesach back to where it belongs so it doesn't fall into the winter, that it should actually be in the spring. Okay, so I think we all know that and understand that about how the calendar works. Where it gets really sticky and tricky is understanding the nature of the solar year and the requirement that Pesach should be in Chodesh Ha'aviv, or Zman Ha'aviv. And that's based on things the Rambam is going to say elsewhere later on in Hilchas Kiddush HaChodesh. The Rambam is Mamshech in Devaita Dike Prakim, so later on in Kiddush HaChodesh, all the way down in the 10th parak. The Rambam says, nowadays we no longer use Kiddush HaChodesh. We don't wait for witnesses to go to Yerushalayim and testify that they saw the new moon. We have a calendar that you can even download. So that calendar was determined by the second Hillel. And that calendar is is defined in a particular way. That every cycle of that calendar, which is 19 years, the lunar and solar years pretty much coincide. Bees to the point as So Rambam tells us the disparity in a 19-year cycle between the solar and the lunar year is going to amount to nothing. Basically like an hour and a half, just less. One hour and 485 chalakim. So an hour is, a full hour is 1,080 chalakim. So this is just less than half. Okay, so there we have it. The Rambam says, you'll get this tiny disparity that happens. them de pirish. So there's a commentary that appears in certain sections on the Rambam called the pirish. There's different versions of who exactly wrote it. So he says, one second, shonim rabois. Fast forward many, many millennia. So you've got this little bit of extra solar year every single year. Multiply that out by thousands. Then you're going to find that the season of spring is actually going to be in ear, not in Nisan. Right? Because basically what's going to happen is you're pushing out the solar year, pushing, pushing, pushing. You're going to have the opposite problem of what we're trying to solve. We're trying to solve for a Pesach that falls back into winter, and we're going to actually land up with a, a year, or, or somewhere down the line, with a season of spring, or more correctly, the equinox of spring, that's going to be past the month of Nisan. And he leaves that as a question and says, Basically, Eliyanov is going to answer. Mashiach is going to answer. Somebody's going to answer. Now, the Rebbe says immediately, it's actually not a practical question to date. If you have to um, extrapolate all the way to the end of 6,000 years that the world is designed to last for, don't worry, we're actually not going to run into this problem practically. That doesn't mean we don't have to discuss it, but it's not going to have a practical impact. So now with Tzorich Lahavin, this is where the real question arises. The din from Shomoyer the halacha that says that you have to guard the season of spring or the month of spring, is neat nor as nisan 
That's not the Torah telling us that the month of Nisan always has to be once you've already passed the ex- uh, once you're already at the point of spring. Nor as Pesach zol zayn bizman he'oviv. But we need the holiday of Pesach because it's not good enough if Choftes or Lamed Nisan is, is you know, still Chapsarai in the spring. We need Pesach to be at the time of the beginning of spring. With the Rambam Paskin Kenal. As Pshas Besen hot Uzgerch and Askufas Nisan Vetoisfalen Bishishosubin Nisan, Fleckman, Maabra Zindem York, Deshia Pesach Bisman Heoviv. So that's one of the calculations the Basin would make in the days when they waited for witnesses to come. If they anticipated that it was likely that the equinox, the spring equinox, would fall on the 16th of Nisan, that's too close for comfort. They'd add an Iberior so that it would be comfortably into the spring by the time it is Pesach. So now, isn't it moving? If that's the case, we have a big question. Now, if you calculate how many years it's been that we've been calculating the, 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 the astronomy of the world, basically since creation, and each time there's this lag of one hour and 485 chalokim, in fact, not only in our days, but even in the Rambam's days, and possibly even before the Rambam's days, there have been many times in history, in fact, it's even recorded in certain Svarim, many times in history where the spring equinox has occurred after Tesvav Nisan. In other words, Pesach occurred when it's still technically in the winter quarter of the year. So now is Vishtimtas mitten din for Shomas Hedishovi Vas Pesach Davzam is Maneovib. Whoa, hang on a second. Doesn't the Torah tell us clearly that Pesach has to be in the spring? Now we know, we have evidence, we have records of how in the system there are certain years where it is quite likely, if not definite, that Pesach will happen before the spring equinox. How do you address that? It's a big question about our entire astronomical basis for the calendar. Okay. Let's try an answer. Let's look at something else that the Rambam says later on. Now, how do you get to this calculation that there's an extra one hour, 485 chalokim in every solar year? It depends on whose calculation of how to determine the seasons you use. It's actually a debate in the Gemara between Shmuel and Avado. So, this issue that you're going to have the extra hour and 485 chalokim every solar year, that is according to one approach, it's what the Gemara calls the calculation of the seasons according to Shmuel, which is a calculation based on this. That's based on a calculation that the length of a solar year is 365 and one quarter days. Now, if you do the maths, 365 and a quarter days means that when you catch up in 19 years, you've caught up everything but an hour and 485 chalokim. So that's where you'll have these extras that keep compounding over the course of time. And by now, we should run into problems as we see that we do. But if you go with the other view, which is how to calculate the solar year and its seasons according to Rav Ado, he says almost, it's, it's not the opposite, but it sounds opposite. So he says that the full scale of a 
of a year, a solar year, is less than 365 and a quarter. So it's 365 and something. 365 days and change. But it's not as much as a quarter of a day. And if you follow that, is then after every 19 years, it will be a beautiful match between the solar and the lunar years, and there'll be no lag. So let's just say the Rambam goes with Ravada. That would be easy. Then it's fine. We've got our calendar system and it complies with the need to have Pesach in the spring. Because we can accept as in the Rambam's own words, Rav Ada's calculations are the more accurate calculations. That must be what we follow. That's how we apply it to our calendar. And so we don't have to worry about all these extra hours that build up over the course of time because they're actually not there. Many of the Rishonim say the same thing, that we follow our other's opinion. And if that's the case, Pesach will always coincide with the spring. Phew! Okay, we have addressed the issue. It is Shmuel who felt that if you calculate the solar year in a particular way, there'll always be this extra hour and a bit, which over time is going to run into a problem for us, and Pesach will be at the wrong time of the year. We don't follow Shmuel. We follow Rav Adah's opinion. The solar year is a little bit shorter, and so it matches beautifully with the lunar year as needed. Sounds like a good solution, right? But there's still something that doesn't seem to make sense. Why do we need the solar and lunar calendars to harmonize? It's because we need Pesach to be in the spring. Now, if you go with Shmuel's view, where there's always a little bit of extra solar year every 19 years, why then does the Rambam say in Perek Vov of Kiddush HaKodesh, why in the first place did we create a 19-year calendar? So he explains, because you'll have 12 regular years and 7 Ibrayorin in that, 7 leap years in that period. And then he says, The Rambam says clearly, because this calculation will leave us with no more than an hour and a bit extra every 19 years. So we So now, how can we have a 19-year cycle? If the whole cup of the 19-year cycle, it would appear from the Rambam, is that we're okay with a little bit of extra time. How could you say that? We're not okay with the extra time. The extra time, according to Shmuel's approach, would leave us with a Pesach that's not necessarily always in the spring, and that's a problem. So the first layer of understanding how to reconcile this is we need to distinguish over here between how you calculate the entire cycle of 19 years versus how you calculate Pesach falling in the correct season. They are not mutually reliant on each other. From the Shein Rambam, when the Rambam uses that expression, when he says we calculate solar years based on the principle Shomer Shedesha Aviv, is moving that immediately tells us as the limut von shamoras chedesha aviv that the rambam is seeing in those words care make sure that you keep the season of spring 
That Pasuk is not only simply telling us always ensure that Pesach falls in, in spring. The Torah is telling us something way more than that. Not only must Pesach always be in the spring, we want Pesach to be approximately at the same time of year, consistently year in and year out. Spring is a pretty broad uh, concept, right? Spring could spread over three months. We want Pesach to pretty much be consistent year on year. That's what it's telling us. So if I'm looking at in terms of how I know when Pesach is supposed to fall out, I have, the Torah has given me a responsibility to ensure that Pesach is always at pretty much the same time. But when I look at Shomer Eschedesh Aviv, like the Rambam says, as the basis for the principle of calculating years based on the solar cycle, then is Genug Then that implies that actually it's not that Pesach has to always be at the same time as long as this month of Nisan is always a month of spring. That contained within Nisan has to be some element of spring, possibly even one day. So, it all depends which perspective I'm looking from. If I'm looking at the laws of Pesach, Pesach has to always be at that time of the year in the spring. If I'm looking from the law of how a solar year is supposed to be determined according to the Jewish calendar, the solar year has to be consistent enough with the lunar year that at least part of Nisan is in the spring. Two different cheshbonas. Which means, even if I go with Shmuel's approach, now the Rambam says the more correct way is Rav Ada's approach, but even if we went with Shmuel's approach, which says that there's always going to be a little bit of extra solar year at the end of every cycle, at least Shmuel can defend himself and say, well, that requirement that the Torah had, which is that at least a little bit of Nisan had to be in spring, even with my calculations, that would still work. Because one thing we're assured is that the beginning of the summer equinox, the spring equinox, the beginning of Tkufas Aviv will never be later than Nisan. Okay, so it's maybe a little bit tricky for us to understand what's going on over here, but suffice it to say this, if I'm focused on making sure that Pesach always amounts to the same time of the year, I will need to use Tukufas Rav Ada because otherwise it's going to run late. If all I need to know is that there's a requirement to keep the year solar aligned with the month's lunar, and that requires me that at least that month called Nisan has to be part of Tukufas Aviv or part of Zmano Aviv, that will work even with Shmuel's opinion. Okay, so looks like we've solved it, right? Now we can actually even understand and appreciate why the Rambam says we'll rely on this 19-year cycle process where he says as long as there's not more than an hour and a bit extra at the end of every solar year, it's fine. 
Why is it fine? Because even if you go with that view, and even if you go with Shmuel's opinion of how you calculate the Tukufos, which is the underpinning of the 19-year cycle, at least one thing you know, you will never start the spring equinox later than somewhere in the month of Nisan, even if it's the last day of Nisan. And so, yes, there's going to be a little bit of an hour extra every 19 years, but it's okay. It's enough for us to build a cycle that is a tenable, sustainable cycle of bringing the solar and lunar years together. Sounds good, right? No, we have to understand that, hang on a second, something really doesn't make sense of here. You cannot get away from the fact that we need Pesach to be in the spring. Yes, of course, it's, it's fine to say that Nisan will be part of the spring, but the Torah wants us to have Pesach in the spring, and the only way to get there is to use Rav Ado's calculations. Which will not leave us with this uncomfortable extra amount of time at the end of every 19 years. So if we have to, at the end of the day, go back to Rab Adah's calculations for practical reasons based on the Torah's requirement that Pesach has to be in the spring, why does the Ramam have to even discuss this, even suggest that we could fit Shmuel into the requirement that at least the seasons match up to the months? That's great and it's beautiful, but it's not what we need. We need Pesach to be in the spring, not just simply that Nisan is the correct month for Tkufas Aviv. So the explanation is this. It's a fascinating concept, you know, when you have two opinions in Torah. So, of course, we'll always say, They're both are valid. Perhaps one is valid in practice and one is valid in theory. Here the Rambam is telling us something else. The Rambam needs us to know that with regards to the calculations for Pesach, we have to follow Rav Ada's calculations. But we're about to discover that Shmuel's calculations are not only acceptable as an opinion in Torah, but they are relevant to halacha in Torah as well. By virtue of the fact that the Rambam quotes Shmuel's calculations in the laws, not a philosophical discussion or gemora, it's halacha psukha, practical halacha. In the laws of Kiddush HaKodesh, is mochach that itself should prove to us as kufa is nitnar adeya and teresemes, that shows us that Shmuel's approach is not just an acceptable, valid opinion within Torah, but more than that, it is something which is relevant to practical halacha. Shmuel's opinion will be relevant to practical halacha. Torah is MS, it's absolute truth, and halacha is the most MS of all the MS, because this is how it has to be applied in, pra- in practical terms. And you see the Rambam himself actually alludes to this concept that there's kind of relative truth to these opinions, because the Rambam is remember the expression that the Rambam used. That to use Rav Adas Cheshman, who MS Yoiser Min is a more true approach than Shmuel's opinion. He doesn't say it is 
the true approach. And that's implying that Shmuel is MS and even MS Lamitoy. It has practical application in Halacha, just not in the specific context of the, the Pesach story. The Rambam wants us to know that even the original calculations of Shmuel, which give us all kinds of issues with aligning Pesach and spring, it's also a true approach. It's just that Rav Ada's calculation is a truer approach, meaning to say that it accommodates more areas of halacha. So we're going to examine that there are a few different parts of Aloha that actually Dafka rely on Shmuel's calculations, not on Ravada's calculations. So let's prove that Shmuel's calculations are relevant to actually deciding practical Aloha. There are a whole lot of areas of halacha that have to do with the seasons and the solar cycle, where we dafka arrive at the halachic bottom line, dafka based on Shmuel, not Rav Adas calculations. Le dogma. Here's one example. This is the example we're going to mostly pay attention to. As we know, every 28 years, there's a special bracha that we say over the sun reaching its original point of original orbit at the time of creation. Happens every 28 years. How do we work out when it is? That it's always got to be on a Tuesday evening or going into, going into Wednesday. Look into it and you discover that the way we calculate when to make Birka Sachama every 28 years is specifically based on Shmuel's calculations and not Rav Ada's calculations. So the Rambam alluded to that. By quoting Shmuel's opinion and including it in the Halachas of Kiddush HaChodesh, he was effectively endorsing that Shmuel's calculations are valid for areas of Halacha to do with astronomy outside of working out how Pesach is going to be in the spring. Other examples, which we're not necessarily going to focus on, is how we know when you're supposed to start saying the same Talumotor, like the Shuchnarch brings, that you shouldn't drink water, probably exposed water, it would seem, at the time of the equinox. There again, we only use Shmuel's calculations in order to arrive at those times. So now we've got to understand, whoa, how does that actually work? You're talking about calculations. One of the things about astronomy is that it's science. It's not open to opinion. So how could it be that we have two different opinions that are going to bear out in practical halacha and and they're going to reflect on different times, which effectively means some of those times we're going to do things as people that don't necessarily really work with the astronomical calculations that are meant to define those times, especially the one that's quite close to our hearts, which we'll use as the one to explain how this whole strange scenario plays out, that something is practical in scientific terms and yet the way we address it in Judaism doesn't seem to match the science. We'll explain that through another issue which many of us have raised eyebrows about. It's the one that uh, I'm sure you've thought about before, and that is, 
is Rosh Chodesh arbitrarily decided by humans? What does it say? The Gemara Rosh Hashanah. What does it say? Bes in Shekichos HaChodesh. It's actually the, the Rambam brings it too. What happens if the base then sanctifies the new month? Bain Shogigin. And they got it wrong. They were mistaken. They misunderstood what the testimony of the witnesses was, or they miscalculated. Bain Mutin, or they were perhaps uh, waylaid. They were misled. Bain Anusim, perhaps they were put under some unusual pressure and they had to determine Rosh Chodesh, even though it was incorrect. And like that Sveta Girsamazidin, in one opinion, even says if they dafka, calculated or decided the wrong day for Rosh Chodesh. Once they have defined and sanctified Rosh Chodesh, it is binding, even if it's incorrect. And based on that, we've got to determine the dates of the, the upcoming Yomim Tovim based on their incorrect calculation, regardless of the motivation for why they got it wrong. Now, how could that be? The whole cup of Rosh Chodesh is what? New moon. That's what Rosh Chodesh is. The renewal of the moon. So how could it be that a day which is not the day of the rebirth of the moon should suddenly now become Rosh Chodesh because the base didn't decide it so? And that's something which is relevant to us today. You look at the calendar and you say, I don't get it. Rosh is on this day and the Moedot is on that day. How is that possible? Now the Rambam is Mazbed and Tam from the Pesach Halocha. The Rambam offers the following explanation. As Chayov and HaKol Etak and HaMoedot on the Yom boy, that we have to obviously determine Yom Tov to be on the days based on the calendar that the Beistin decided. Why? Because the same God who told us that we have to keep these holy days is the same God who told us and we have to rely on the Beistin to work out when they are. But that doesn't really answer the question, does it, right? That tells us about Yom Tov, which makes sense. That explains to us why you should trust or rely on the Beistin about Yom Tov. But the real core issue remains a question. How practically can this date be Rosh Chodesh if it is not the time of the new moon it is a fundamental question. Practically, scientifically, astronomically, there's no new moon today. Why is it Rosh Chodesh? Or the new moon was yesterday. Why is today Rosh Chodesh? The explanation is this, that we are Jewish people. We don't live purely in the physical or the scientific world. We live in a harmonious reality that blends the spiritual and the physical. And whatever plays out down here in the physical reality is just a reflection of how things are in the spiritual truth. So the sun, the moon, and all the other things that are their accessories here in the physical universe, like anything else in the physical universe, they are the evolutionary outcome of a spiritual process. So there's a spiritual process that represents the sun that eventually translates into a physical sun in the same of the moon, etc. So therefore, why is Rosh Chodesh aligned with the birth of a new moon 
because that means that that is the day that the new energy of the Shoresh, the spiritual source of the moon or the renewal of the moon, this is the day when that spiritual source is activated. Now, how do we know? Do you have some kind of a spiritual telescope that you look up in the sky and say, ah, they have now activated the new energy for Chodesh Shvat. Can you see that? You can't. So what do you look for? You look for its physical reflection. Is there now the new moon of Rosh Chodesh Shvat? So therefore the Torah tells us, This is how it's going to work. You as people, you're going to go out at that time of the month when you anticipate the new moon. You're going to look. And when you see the new moon, you're going to go to Basin and testify. And if they accept your testimony, we'll say it's Rosh Chodesh. And post the time of the Sanhedrin, we're going to look at the calendar. And the calendar is based on a calculation from Hillel and Nasi. And that's how we're going to know. That's how we here on earth will be able to recognize that it is the time of the renewal of the energy associated with in the spiritual realms. Now sometimes it doesn't match up so perfectly. If for whatever reason Basin says this day is Rosh Chodesh and the physical manifestation of the Moilad is a day before or a day after and the Torah tells us you've got to listen to the basin. Even if your eyes are telling you a different story, you have to rely on the basin. It's a phenomenal insight. Torah doesn't make mistakes. If the Torah has devised a system, and within that system, using the basin as vetting the witnesses, or as determining a calendar years in advance. They've said that this is the day of Rosh Chodesh. That is evidence that Torah's MS is giving us to know that in the spiritual realm, that is the time of the Moilad Halavana, the exposure of the new spiritual energy of that month. Aye, why does it not match how it is physically? The fact that the date on the calendar says Rosh Chodesh and Moilad is another day, that's because something has occurred which means that the physical world is not properly spiritually aligned and because of that misalignment the spiritual energy is not able to flow into the world at the correct time so the spiritual energy becomes available at a certain time and it's only picked up on earth at a different time so the Moilad is here and Rosh Chodesh is there that's a fascinating insight into how the entire astronomical spiritual uh, process works. That helps us to appreciate that what we're going through here may not be on exactly the same timeline as how it is in the spiritual realms. But Torah will illustrate to it to us how it is in spirituality. Now let's go back and analyze the different halachas that are associated with the solar system, the solar cycles, the seasons, etc. When you want to know every 28 years, when is the correct time to say the Birch HaSachama? Know that we will define that based on spiritual processes, which the Torah will, de- will, will divulge to us. 
the ribbons can cash in it, but by deed didn't vet ungenumta cheshman from Kufa Shmuel. So at that point, if we're primarily looking at how things play out spiritually, we get why the opinion we're using to make the calculations is Shmuel's calculations. Because they were looking primarily at the spiritual realm where things don't necessarily always match up as neatly as we'd like in physical terms. If we're calculating how things have to affect us here physically, we need Rav Ada because he has the neater connections. If the Torah, which is absolute truth, tells us that every 28 years, at this particular time, the halacha is that that's when you uh, credit Hashem for having created the sun. That means that that tells us, and that that is linked, obviously, to that spring equinox. If Torah tells us that's the time, that means that that is the time that that particular spiritual energy is activated every 28 years. But for whatever reason, there is this misalignment between what the Torah is telling us and what our physical experience of life is, which is calculated by Rav Ada's calculation. And perhaps in our physical experience of life, we won't be able to determine physically with our eyes, with our Hubble telescope, we won't be able to see in the solar patterns what the Torah is telling us is happening in the spiritual patterns. Now we still are going to have a couple of things to understand about this. We still have to understand a few things. Everything that Torah says, especially things that are practical that you actually do, is a mikreda We don't generally say, oh, halacha is non-literal. The timing of a halacha is non-literal. We don't normally do that. The way that you fulfill halacha has to be practical. Yes, of course, every spiritual, every mitzvah has its spiritual source. Yes, but that's not how we work it out. How do you work out what time Shabbos is? Do you work it out based on some kind of a spiritual calculation when the Shoresh of Shabbos starts to activate? No, you look on the calendar. You say, what time does the sun set? That's a physical thing you see with your own eyes. And you work backwards 18 minutes before that. That's when we take on Shabbos. And this is not only something relevant to mitzvahs. Where obviously, when it comes to doing a mitzvah, it is the physical activity of doing the mitzvah that helps you to grasp the spiritual potential available within that mitzvah. Take tefillin as an example. You can meditate from here till Mashiach comes about the concept of the four levels of intellect that tefillin gives you access to means nothing till you put the tefillin on your arm. The meditation gives you zero. The mitzvah chaps everything. But not only when it comes to practical mitzvahs, anything quoted in Torah, the fundamental principle of Torah is, as it is said, that's how you're to understand it. If that's the case, how do you understand the Gemara Brochus which says, that Birchas Achama is the person who sees the sun at its tkufa, meaning to say, resuming its original position from the time of creation. 
Main doch die Tukufsa Chama Begashmis. That means when you see with your own eyes. No, ein Mikra Yotzim Midei Pshuta. In the same way you see the sun set, now you know that it's Shabbos, you know it's Shkia. So in the same way you see, it says, Horoye, you see it. Why are you telling me all these things about Shmuel, looking at how it is in the spiritual realms, and it doesn't necessarily align with the physical? So how practically here on earth can we say a bracha using Hashem's name as we do a for something that's happening in the spiritual realms and we cannot actually physically relate to it. If it's not really the time of the tkufa, of the equinox, how do we do that? I will say, good question. Why don't you ask the same question about Rosh Chodesh not matching the Moila Dalavana? Same thing, right? It's not the same thing. As a Kiddush of Rosh Chodesh is not abhängig in Zman from Moila Dalavana Shelemata. So, why is it not the same thing? Because look, you'll say, when it comes to Kiddush HaChodesh, the Torah decides that there's such a thing as Rosh Chodesh, as we'll see in a moment. There's a big difference between how you calculate Rosh Chodesh and how you make a bracha over the equinox every 28 years. Yes, Rosh Chodesh is pegged to the renewal of the moon, the new lunar cycle. Rosh Chodesh is not an astronomical concept. Rosh Chodesh is not a natural phenomenon. Rosh Chodesh is a Torah concept that only Jews experience. The fact that it's a holy day, you bring sacrifices, which is sanctified either by the basin or by Shomayim. So it's a lot easier to understand in that context. It's easy to understand. Okay, so Rosh Chodesh is a spiritual concept, so it must be linked to a spiritual energy force, which sometimes does and sometimes does not align with the physical reality. And if it's misaligned, no, because it's a spiritual concept, so it still works spiritually, even if the physical astronomy doesn't look that way. But the whole point of Birch HaSachama is that you see the solar equinox that's not a spiritual Torah concept the equinox is a natural phenomenon it has to do with the orbital process of the sun the whole point of is that we're claiming that the sun is now exactly where it was at the moment of its creation. Gone full circle again for whatever amount of times. It's not that moving, so it makes no sense. We said more than that. This is a mitzvah of horoya. You have to see the sun in this particular position. And that's what gives you the rights to say How could it possibly be a mitzvah that is determined based on the spiritual reality that doesn't reflect here on earth? The kash is not starker. And the question is particularly potent when you consider the din from is when is roy go back and look at the words the words say when do you say the brocha when you see the sun in its so-called zenith in its so-called equinox and if you don't see the sun if 
28 years, you're waiting for this opportunity, and it's cloudy, you don't get to say the bracha. Okay, maybe there are some opinions who, who will argue that you could say the bracha, but the majority of opinions, you don't say the bracha. The bracha is fabunamit zendi gashmis dikazun. The bracha of brichas achama is tethered to actually physically seeing the sun. Chotz is nitfi bit kufasa, regardless of whether it's in exactly the right position or not. So now you're going to tell me, but don't worry, we're making the bracha because spiritually it's all fine. How does that work? It's a physical requirement to see a natural phenomenon and you're not seeing it. How can you say the bracha? That would be like saying you're going to say a bracha over food where there's actually no food. It's a virtual meal. Doesn't make any sense. Shleimah Bozeh said to answer that question, we're going to call on one of the most famous debates around the Jewish calendar, Rabbi Eliezer and Rabbi Yoishua. Shleimah Bozeh of Ahakdim will first explore what's the cheshman at kufa, silent kufa shmola, silent kufa shavado, because the real question is, when do you start the calculation? Okay, so we know there's 28 years and 19 years and all these things. Starting from when? When was day dot? So both Rav Ada and Shmuel will tell you, They will both tell you that day dot is not once the world was already created. But it actually starts from the year of the so-called organic soup from which the world was going to be, or spiritual soup from which the world was going to be created. This world of an unformed reality that's actually a year earlier. That's when you start the calculations. Now, it's a bizarre concept. The Asborin, the Miz, the explanation of that concept is this. When they plucked the Tzvishon of Lezen of Yeshua, Tzibetishon Yivrohoilam, or the Menisen Yivrohoilam. So here's that famous argument. Rabbi Lezen of Yeshua, when was the world created? In Tishrei or in Nisan? Is Mavur Bechama Mekoymas explained in many places. Vyash Gosma Zayn Tosas, some bring it in the Tosas in Rosh Hashanah. As Beide Deos Zainen Emes, it's true the world was created in Tishrei and the world was created in Nisan. Aye, how's that possible? But Nisan is Nisan is where the world was created in concept. On the Bribe fail is given by Tishrei, and the actual physical creation occurred in Chodesh Tishrei. And seeing as to make the calculations of when the Tukufois are, when the seasons begin, we follow Rabbi Yeshua's opinion, which is as Benisa Nivraha that the world was created before it was physically made. That's why the entire basis of the whole calculation of all astronomy as it plays out in Judaism, specifically for our conversation, how you work out the seasons, all begins in the Shnas Toyo, which is effectively six months before physical, practical creation. So that has a, a, an application now in this big question we have about Bricha Sachama. Because the whole concept of Tukufois to begin with is a metaphysical concept. The whole concept of Tukufois begins from a period of time that really technically cannot be measured, yet you're using it as a basis of measuring time. And you're using it as the basis for astronomical bodies that were not, celestial bodies that were not yet created, that tells you that anything associated with Tukufois is actually more about the spiritual than about the physical. 
And therefore, any halacha which has to do with seasons, with a solar process, was is no like kufa shmuel, which we calculate according to shmuel's calculations. Then we bald as the only when you say from ganzen cheshman at kufas in the infant kufas toihu, from alle b'machshava livroi, seeing as the entire basis of the concept of tukufas begins in an abstract, ethereal, spiritual space, Hashem's thought to create. And the ribbis don't need to gear as ich the tukufas of myself lining themselves man. It doesn't actually matter if the tukufas don't align with the physical reality because tukufas are a non-physical concept to start with. They have to have bearing on the physical reality, but they don't necessarily always have to match the physical reality. Of course, you'll appreciate there's no question that whatever's going on in the spiritual realms does have a direct impact on the way things are in the physical reality too. That's why we still got to look at the sun. There has to be a link between the physical, our world, and the spiritual concept that's going on. So the tukufa, the actual time frame, is determined on a spiritual scale. For me as a human to access that time frame and thereby fulfill this mitzvah, I still have to have some kind of physical interaction. How? I have to see the sun. The only thing is that then raises a question in the opposite direction because now we've really satisfied for Shmuel that even though Shmuel seems to have this additional solar year every 19 years that could potentially create so much problems for us, it actually all makes sense once you know that Tukufos are fundamentally a spiritual concept, but then that raises a question in the other direction. If the whole concept of Tukufos is somewhat abstract and therefore aligned with Shmuel's explanations that don't necessarily fit the physical reality we live, and so therefore the primary consideration is not Rav Ada's calculations that fit so neatly with our human experience, Rav Ada is fundamentally focused on our human experience. How then can we say the fact that the Torah tells us that Pesach must dafka be at the time of spring? Now we've already explained there's only one way that Pesach, not Nisan, Pesach will always be in spring. That's only if you follow Rav Ada's calculations. So now it looks like we've completely ignored how the Tukufos operate in the spiritual realms and we're only interested in how the Tukufos operate in the physical reality. Why the change? You've explained so beautifully that Tukufa is a, an abstract concept and therefore it can satisfy spiritual concepts that don't align with the physical reality. Why then, when it comes to Pesach, do we dafka anchor it to the physical reality? The explanation is this. We already discussed why would there be a misalignment between how things play out in the spiritual seasons versus how they play out in the physical seasons. We already said the only reason that that would happen, that there would be this misalignment, would be because somehow the world doesn't deserve it. It's not where it should be. The world is not as refined as it should be. So it's kind of missing the energy that's flowing down from the spiritual realms. 
When is it possible for that to happen? That's as long as you live in the reality of the physical world. But the moment you talk about Pesach, the idea of Pesach and Pesach being in the spring, Pesach is not part of this world. Pesach is a super concept, a spiritual concept, a Torah concept. Pesach empowers the world to naturally be able to align with its spiritual season at that particular point in time. That means to say that the fact that Pesach always lands up being in the spring is not just because of the um, calculations and gymnastics of Chazal who managed to get it to always fit. It's because spiritually it will always align with the physical reality. But when you're talking about things that are more physical, like the natural phenomenon called the renewal of the sun, the, the solar equinox, sometimes they don't align. It's possible because the world is not always strong enough to accommodate what the spiritual realm has to offer it. Now we can finally understand what the Rambam told us as the fact that we created this 19-year cycle and relied effectively on Shmuel's approach which will ensure that Nisan always coincides with spring even if Pesach will be before the spring that fits also with Shmuel's opinion. What do you mean? We know practically that we are going to have to use Ravada because we need Pesach to be in the spring. That's true. But we don't want to leave Shmuel out altogether. Why? Because Pesach is this absolute harmony of the spiritual and the physical seasons. And because Shmuel's Cheshpan is the one that calculates the spiritual seasons. So now when you want to learn about how the years should be defined, which is very much a physical part of our world. So we could do it the astronomical way, the scientific method, and say, let's use our others' calculations and just see how it plays out in physical realm. We don't do that. We also, says the Rambam, need to align our physical experience of the seasons with Shmuel's Cheshboinus so that we bring the spiritual seasons into the physical seasons. Because if you think about it, ultimately that is exactly what Torah is all about. To bring the higher realm into the lower realm, to bring Kedusha into Olam Hazer. And obviously through that, to be able to harmonize the world to the point that we're ready for the Gilei of Moshiach Tzikeinu. Take care for Umiyad Mamash.